The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is October 2nd, 2020. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Talk at SmackDown on Fox. And ladies and gentlemen, Michael Wiseman makes his return to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast tonight. You're welcome. You're, it's seven months I later. Seven, I am back. It's been a while. It's been a while, sir. It's good to see you. How you been? Well, well Rush fired me back in March or whenever it was. Oh, that yeah. We were doing this. Remember, I got fired on the podcast. It was the whole thing. Um, had to join the Kiss My Ass Club to come back to this thing. It's true. So, it's just like uh, retribution, really. That's you know, right. Uh, in podcast form. I, I have been sending out some hateful tweets that said, um, good night <laughs> to everybody but Raj Giri. Um, and that really got his attention when I stirred that pot up. So, no, I'm happy to be hateful tweets. <laughs> <laughs> like screw you nick hausman like right. yeah just like really inside wrestling ink stuff that's right now, well um, no, i've still been doing the nick hausman podcast every, every oh, well, week okay, right it's just the rush well because it's the retribution thing you want to work it from the inside <laughs> you know it was it was cheaper to hire you than it was to hire security to keep you off the podcast so that's right i still had know, my contract i mean i don't get me wrong i'm gonna get my contracts i might not can do twitch while i have my contract but i'm, I'm still gonna have my contract in place right that's how you really get revenge for somebody it's true good lord with the twitch news we're going to talk about that there's uh so much so much to cover uh but thank you glenn i'm you know i just want to say i am happy to be back here not been doing many post-game shows lately but thank you and thank you to everybody in the chat room who's giving me a shout out um you know maybe we'll see a little bit more of me here just depends on what what raj needs you know yes well it's friday night uh been alone this last week my wife away uh and let me tell you i'm a little uh loopy spending time with the five cats hanging out watching old episodes of kenny versus penny uh eating uh you know the type of food that well you can shame eat when you're alone because no one is there to judge you and uh you know kept on on dramas and uh, all the movies my wife hasn't wanted to watch in recent years so uh it's been a real feel good time at the rubenstein residence this past week and a half just want to go back five cats is that what i heard correctly okay now some might say hopefully five cats until they have more we started with zero cats then we got three cats some might say three cats that's a lot of cats oh no we've got room for two more let's adopt them a year later and uh i'm just a 90 cat hair now there you go and uh you know i'm loving it life's never been better so uh welcome to the podcast everyone strap in we're going to talk about smackdown we're going to talk about what's going on in the world of wrestling some news some exclusive news that wrestling inc broke and you know what i feel like uh let's uh let's shout out the man the man being uh raj giri the man that uh that uh that we all work for the man that makes it all possible the magic man 
and uh, he broke a story, two stories about the latest news on these WWE contracts and what they're doing with Cameo and Twitch. Do you have the details, Michael? I can pull them up very quickly. So um, I, I have been following the story closely. Um, and just for the record, we're not going to talk any politics tonight. I just want to get that out there out of the way, right? Because um, it's always contentious. But uh, well, I mean, Andrew Yang's advocacy does okay. make it a little political. But okay. I think actually it's interesting. I think wrestling fans. Let me just put this out there in chat room. You tell me if you disagree with this. I want a little like Insta poll here. I wish we had the technology. But wrestling fans, regardless of your political affiliation, do you think it has messed up the WWE situation with Twitch, Cameo, taking over the talents, streams and accounts, counting their income there against the downside guarantee? Uh, because, uh, yeah, regardless of your p- political affiliation, you might say that, you know, the wrestlers unionizing or, uh, you know, not being abused under these independent contractor laws is is a good thing that is long overdue. And uh, Andrew Yang, of course, was Democratic candidate for president the yang gang shout out uh he's been advocating for this he has a podcast dolph ziggler was on his podcast the other day talking through the issue so i'm very curious to get people's uh if anyone thinks that what the wwe is doing is in the right if you know the details if you don't know the details michael's gonna gonna tell them to you right now drop some science on them young man so we start with news now on the show that's how this works no but i think this is the most interesting thing that's flipped the script uh, like i said let's let's put wrestling inc and raj over that they broke these stories. There was a six-man tag tonight. Teddy Long special on SmackDown, and we're going to start with the, the, the breaking news about Twitch. <laughs> there so. was a six-man tag. <laughs> All right. Here's what the story was. You guys have been following it. Of course, it was about a month ago um, that WWE announced that they would be um, basically asking them to cancel, stop using Twitch, um, that they cameo, they could not be using. Um, they could do Twitch, but it had to be under their own names. Um, and so uh, basically Vince McMahon gave them a month to kind of take care of all of that. Um, but here is what came out earlier today um, or just maybe a couple of hours ago, as you as you mentioned, Glenn, reported on by Raj Giri, breaking news. Um, so Thursday was announced WWE would be taking control of talents, talents, Twitter accounts as well. Twitter. Um, wow. Um, I'm, I'm Twitch accounts. Excuse Twitch. me. My, their Twitch accounts. Yes. Um, and that. um they said, let me find the correct wording here. Um, they could maintain Twitch and YouTube accounts under their real names. However, they would still need to inform the company of those accounts. Um, so WWE will own these accounts, um, the ones that are under their wrestling names. However, talent will receive a percentage of revenue, which counts against their downside guarantees. Um, so here is the breakdown of how these talent signed agreements that they turned over to cameo now now cameo of course you guys know is the platform where you can go on there and pay it pay a wrestler pay an actor pay whoever to wish your friends and family members happy birthday happy anniversary whatever that is um so they broke down that those cameo accounts are also going to be turned over to wwe um and here's how it the 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 points from the agreement sent to talent um talent affirmed that wwe is their authorized representative for cameo um they authorized cameo to make all payments for cameo and any other compensations from that to wwe cameo will not be made a party in any dispute between talent and wwe meaning if you have any issue with cameo and you're a talent um or with with compensation whatever else you can't take it out on cameo um they are not a party in anything this um and the authorization can be canceled anytime only if the account is canceled so basically now um, again, the whole edict was they can no longer engage with third parties, but that includes Twitch, that includes Cameo, that includes YouTube. And I think just, Glenn, you know, this timing is terrible right now because it's a freaking pandemic, man. And whatever you say about, 
your feelings on it personally and all that jazz. They're not out on the road making money in the ring, touring cities every week, right? They're not making those merch sales. Um, and it's just a just a crazy time, right? Well, and to clarify, I'm just reading the article here on Wrestling Inc. because, you know, I'm a broadcast professional. Uh, specifically, the, the first line of this saying, as Wrestling Inc. first exclusively reported on Thursday, WWE will be taking control of talent's Twitch accounts in four weeks. This includes talent with accounts under their real names. So it says WWE will own these accounts. However, talent will receive a percentage of the revenue, which counts against their downside guarantee. So that's no loophole on this. Right. Well, I, I apologize then. I did I did not see that line in there. Um, so well, yes, that was the this... original. That was originally projected. That like, sure. oh, hey, if you use your your you know your real name, it's not an issue. So I want to make that clear when people think about this, their reactions to this, saying if you work for this company, uh, you are forfeiting the right to do independent work on third-party platforms that has nothing to do with professional wrestling, nothing to do with your wrestling name. And let me add the other thing when coloring your opinion of this. You might say, well, they work for WWE. WWE made them a star. Uh, they are independent contractors. Right. They are not payroll employees. They don't have a retirement plan. They do not have a health plan. Uh, they do not have payroll taxes or social security taxes taken out of their account. They're independent contractors, yet WWE now essentially owns them on whatever platform they see, they seem fit, and so I'm curious if you think this is uh, is cool. And you know, I misspoke and said Twitter before. Uh, Twitter could be next. Sure. Well, that's yeah. where this becomes a very weird gray area, right? We were joking off the air about, and I think actually when we started about retribution and the whole Twitter account thing. There, WWE. Uh, maintains controls of those Twitter accounts for guys like T-Bar and for lots of other stars. That T-Bar doesn't have. do his own tweets. Uh, but I mean, he might, he might. What about Jack? Be- what about Mace? <laughs> but a lot of the talent, um, especially talent that have like the, you know, their own special character that aren't representing themselves. They're not Michael Wiseman. They are, you know, the Barracuda Michael Wiseman. That's my wrestling nickname for some reason. Um, they, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's good, right? They Your favorite heart song. Uh, that's it. That's it. It you know, but Aguda just gets me every time. Um, yes. but WWE could they, they they have teams in Stanford that do maintain those Twitter accounts so they can tweet from them. So it's always been a little bit unclear to me which talent controls their own Twitter accounts and which talents don't. Um, but we have lots of questions popping in here, and I think it's the right question. You know, how is this any different than lots of other companies, right? Because you take a company like Disney, they own all these heroes, they own Spider-Man's, um, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, all these things, right? Um, they own those characters and actors step in to play them. I think where this becomes very weird is wrestlers have historically been playing themselves, mm. playing somebody on screen. And, and we're kind of switching to a role now where Vince McMahon sees them all as his characters, his creations. He reached into the gimmick box and he gave somebody um, the fiend. He didn't create that one. That's actually really Bray Wyatt, but he gave somebody T-Bar and those are his creations. Sure. Um, and, and I think that's where this is getting really touchy, but also you mentioned this, the contract situation. Yeah. So they, they, they essentially want them to, to like re-sign off on this. They're uh, essentially almost under duress. They're making it seem like, you know, I'm sure they won't do this with AJ Styles, but with some other talents, it will probably be like, Hey, you signed this or, you know uh, you know, we wish you well in your future endeavors. So I uh, uh, want to back up a second, uh, talk about the fact that never is the greatest heart song of all time. <laughs> or certainly my favorite. We could do an entire podcast on that. People say these dreams. 
you know, uh, Barracuda. I mean, it's a good, no, these going. dreams, that might be it. I think that's my favorite. But Never is pretty dope. That guitar riff, the swing, the drum beat. Like, it's a little bit of a lesser known single, but I think that's where it's at. Uh, Terry Allen Jr., 244 Super Chat, asking where Matt Morgan is. Matt Morgan uh, is not feeling well. Uh, we hope he gets better soon. He may be back Sunday night for NXT coverage. Stay tuned to Wrestling Inc., uh, particularly the Twitter account, and we'll have an update on that. And of course, we uh, wish Matt a speedy recovery. Um, Antoine Fair, $10 super chat. Wow. Saying, I don't think it's unfair if the wrestler is using their name that WWE is using and owns because that name is driving the interest. But if they're under their own name, WWE has no right to ask for a cut, in my opinion. I think that's where it crosses a line. You know, and so um, Paige is under a Legends contract, but she has her Soraya Twitch account. What about her uh, her uh, makeup line? Should WWE get a cut of that? You know, that, uh, going forward, that's the way WWE sees this, right? So I think that's the problem, which is we've seen it so many times. Great talents from the Indies come in and get a brand new name, right? They become Kevin Owens instead of Kevin Steen or whoever else it is. And we've always thought that was because of an ownership thing, right? They want to own it. But also historically, WWE has also had wrestlers sign over their real names. Cody Rhodes is a good example of this whenever they've joined up. So this is again, Vince McMahon sees all of these as being his creations, even if they happened before him. But I also think it's a play for additional revenue streams. Yes. So give them health care. Right. Right. If you're going to ask them to do all of these things, bring them back in, make them treat them like employees. Um, it's just a, it's a weird, and somebody brought this up on, I'll, I'll bounce this off of you, Glenn. Um, somebody brought this up on Twitter, which is downside guarantees this year are a very weird thing. And it feels very weird that Vince McMahon would do this when most talents wouldn't hit their downsides anyway, um, that he's going to go after this, you know, this open um, revenue stream for talents whenever a lot of them aren't going to even hit their downside guarantees. It's just a, yes. so mm. the way WWE works is, you get a, they call it a downside guarantee in your contract. Now, the key word in that is guarantee downside, meaning this is the absolute worst case scenario, how much money you're going to make for the year. So let's say they're essentially digging a hole with that money, that money that they give you. Now they come to you and they say, Michael Wiseman, I like the cut of your jib, sending you to NXT. You're getting a hundred thousand a year downside guarantee. Now what's this sign that contract. That's good for me. <laughs> now what this means. So what's the upside? Money you get from t-shirt sales, money you get from live events, money you get from doing other activities for, for the company, uh, pay-per-view buys used to be a little bit now. But what they essentially do is they take all the money that comes in there that's owed to you and they use that to refill that hole they dug in giving you that $100,000 guarantee. Once that hole is filled, if there's any extra dirt in the form of money, uh, they give you your percentage of that. But if let's say they don't refill the hole and let's say you only made 50,000, oh, there's $50,000 in dirt uh, we didn't put in here. You don't owe that money personally. That's why it's a guarantee. It's not recoupable. And that that dirt resets every year. What they're saying now is uh, you could have maybe made only 50,000 and they're, and you were like, oh, well, thank thank the Lord. I'm still getting my 100,000 guarantee. And hey, I'm going to do some cameo and some Twitch and maybe I'm going to make an extra, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 or, you know, maybe even 60 or 70,000 from that. That's great. Now WWE is saying, hey, we're going to take that money and use that to fill the hole. And uh, then on top of that, you're going to get not all of it like you would if you were doing it direct. You're going to get a percentage of those funds if you exceed your guarantee. This is super messed up. Mm -hmm. And by the way, like, Part of these changes, there was a change, a seismic shift in the record industry about 15 years ago. 
So it used to be that bands would do this when they released albums. And they would uh, have to pay the money back to the record company to get royalties. Most bands never made money from the record company outside of their advance. Where they really made their money was touring and merchandise sales and doing stuff where they got to keep all that money and the record company saw none of it. Record companies post Napster, oh no, we're now going to sign you to what we call 360 deals, which means that you're going to pay back that those advances out of your touring money, your t-shirt sales, and then we're going to split the money that comes in on top of that. So it is really screwed up. Um, I think that depending on what happens, perhaps, uh, uh, you know, with the political wins, should perhaps Andrew Yang find himself, uh, you know, in the labor department or small business administration, it could mean uh, WWE, there might be congressional hearings, there could be all sorts of stuff that could bring this under great, greater scrutiny, stranger things have happened. Um, but yeah, it's uh, kind of an interesting time. I think this... They're pushing this so hard with what Vincent and company are doing. They're just going to force this into uh, perhaps the greatest opportunity for talent to unionize because they're going to be so fed up with this attitude. And because everything is so public now, because you've got podcasts like this one, you've got social media that's been talking about this all day. Um, I think public sentiment is going to be on the side of the wrestlers. I'm not seeing very many people saying that, oh, hey, this is okay for them to profit off the real names that have nothing to do with wrestling. Joey Adorshan has a question saying, uh, you know, if you're an actor, if you're Ryan Reynolds and you do a cameo in a Deadpool costume and said he was Deadpool, Fox would get a cut. That's a little different. Well, actually, Fox would, Marvel would, Disney would. But that's a little different. But if Ryan Reynolds like wants to do something on cameo, he doesn't have to pay back the people who've been doing and funding his you know, he doesn't owe anything to them. So I think that um, and when they do, uh, even a cameo early on, I feel like they were actually being very, um, very good to separate things from their uh, wrestling personas. There's also some kind of like, I mean, it's, it's worth saying there's a gray area here too around things like cameo because they're relatively new. And when we talk about Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds, it's also possible he's got a contract situation where he can, he says, I can represent Deadpool in X, Y, and Z ways because I help bring this character to life or whatever, right? The, the, the big difference though here is um, that care that he we all know Ryan Reynolds as an independent person, and then we all know that Ryan Reynolds is playing Deadpool, right? We don't watch Deadpool and think, Oh, look, there's the character Ryan Reynolds. We think of it as Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool, and next month he's going to go play the sequel to Van Wilder, and then the next month he's going to go do whatever else, right? Yeah, but so, like, yeah. Yeah, that's like to me that's the difference because when you see Roman Reigns, no matter what, you don't you you see him as Roman Reigns every time. <laughs> and these talents aren't in a Ryan Reynolds situation. Ryan Reynolds has his, his uh, alcohol line. Sure. Ryan Reynolds is doing yep. great. Let me tell you something. I uh, sponsor a lot of podcasts in my day job. We do stuff with talents. And uh, I think a lot of people would be very surprised to learn how much money matters to them, what the threshold is. I mean, look at it on Cameo. You know what I mean? It's like if, uh, you know, even uh, guys like Enzo, if they're charging $69 <laughs> for uh, a cameo voice message, like that's meaningful money. Now, granted, he's not under contract, but look at what some of the other talents are charging. Like they're not doing that and saying it's a pittance. That's what makes it worthwhile for them. And they have to think about that as marketers. Like these are dollar amounts that matter. Like there's a very elite few that can sort of sit back right now and uh, just sort of enjoy the living they make just off ring and TV work. 
But I think a lot of these other guys are just grinding out every cent because they need to combine all those dollars to be able to make sure. a living doing this. Well, and it's it's it's, it's a different approach to making money. So the, the problem you're running into right now is talent are out there wanting to, right, WWE is just enforcing contracted indenture, uh, super chat, I am error. That's kind of what's happening, right? That WWE is going after money right now is a very corporate way. We're going to expand our revenue flows, right? We see an opportunity to bring in money from Cameo now, and we'll add that to our bottom line, and that will make investors happy. We see a way to bring in money from Twitch. That's a cool place to bring in money. Our talent will go out there and do Twitch for us, We'll add that to our bottom line, right? It's a very different approach than it was back in like the 90s and 2000s where talent went out and made themselves superstars and that brought viewers along with them. And so you saw that money show up more in buy rates of pay-per-views. You saw that money show up a lot more in ticket sales to events and all those kinds of things. Whereas now WWE is very diversified and they don't just make money at the gate. They don't just make money on the ticket sales or they make money on TV deals and all these other platforms. And so Vince McMahon wants his cut of that money because he sees it as a way to placate stock investors. Talent sees it as a way to further them, their own brand. Zack Ryder is the best example of this. He got over by yeah. using YouTube, right? And that was when, that's why you could almost argue WWE let it get out of control. If they would have locked down YouTube and Twitter early on, yeah, sure, it never would have gotten to this point, yep. you know, to, to give them like a little uh, credit. Uh, Antoine Fair, $20. And it's funny that Antoine Fair, by the way, is just giving these super chats of money that goes to Raj, and I'm not seeing any of it. I'm just saying that's very <laughs> wow, there's ironic your... in all of this. Hey, I've been fired once on this podcast already, uh, Glenn. I can't say too many mean things about Raj anymore. No, uh, Antoine's <laughs> saying, if I can't play devil's advocate, Hollywood actors or independent contractors, Disney or Warner Brothers, et cetera, do not pay health care, and Chris Evans can make money as Captain America without Disney's permission, it's the same. Well, I mean, he can't really make money. I mean, look, uh, Chris Pratt famously like stole his Guardians of the Gal Galaxy Star-Lord costume because he was like, I'm going to go to children's hospitals in this shit, and uh, I, I need this. Like, sure. if they want to do charity appearances, that's fine, but Chris Evans can't just go out. Although, I mean, actually, I would love it if Chris Evans just... Uh, put out videos as captain america i think it would reassure the country right now well there's um, there's a difference there too because like you said charity events most companies are kind of okay with that because it's not a revenue stream but chris evans as captain america is disney and people see that as being very like oh you're putting over the disney brand right so like it's, it's less dicey chris evans could not go play captain america um in an old x-men movie right because disney owns that character there's one big difference though antoine and that is Yes, they are independent contractors, but these actors, the writers that write the movies, the people who do the sound are all part of the, the Screen Actors Guild. They're all part of the Writers Guild. And those they have guild, a union. They have a union, right. And those you, you get a certain number of credits. It, John, the Jonathan Laman brand here, actors have a union. That's what gives them the protection so they can get these jobs. They're guaranteed some level of work and they can get benefits um yes i am air mentioned screen actors guild is the actors union so that's the big difference wrestlers don't have anything like that they're guaranteed nothing beyond this single contract black saw johnny hex 499 saying wwe should unionize and call mutiny for wwe enough of these independent contractors i think andrew yang should get wwe in sag to get the the wrestlers in sag and i think that would change everything sure sure uh, Craig Pettigout is asking why was Michael Wiseman fired? Yeah, he wasn't actually fired from this podcast. Quit ruining my come on, ruining my gimmick. It's the only way I want to get any sympathy here. 
uh tammy saying what if someone like roman or charlotte refuses to give up their cameo dollars what's wwe really going to do i think there's probably a list of 10 talents that can get away with this but it's not about that it's about the uh the uh more marginalized talent that's um you know maybe making a little bit of a side hustle not really being used and i think they're going to use this as leverage to um try and get more for less which is Kind of, I mean, it's, it's shitty, but also, I, actually, no, I was going to say, oh, it's it's also, it's hey, it's not show friends, it's show business, but it's corporate America, baby, 2020. But no, this is excessively shitty. Well, it, like, it's the, any it's... job I've worked for never has said, like, oh, by the way, we own your name and likeness. <laughs> yes, you can't it, make money outside that's of right. It's right. It's, and it's different because we talk about workers' protections, right? When you talk about unions, um, and it's, uh, there's, uh, there's two sides to every talk conversation when it comes to unionizing workers, and you kind of lose some of your voice and some of that. And I think there are, there are definitely industries where unions are super duper 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 important because representation is so squashed out. There are certain industries where union work they don't do as much and they just add middle layers of fluff and hierarchy that don't really impact the job. Right. But when you talk about WWE, the power is so centralized with oh, pro wrestling as a whole really is so centralized with Vince McMahon and he controls so much of this that he doesn't have anybody to push back. You ask about somebody like Roman Reigns or Charlotte pushing back. It would take somebody of that caliber or higher to push back to really get the needle to move on this. Go back to 1999. If they had tried this with The Rock, Stone Cold, Mankind, whoever else, mm-hmm. it would never would have worked. The difference yeah. is now Vince McMahon has set up a system where he's he has said this. He wants WWE to be the on the marquee, mm-hmm. not whoever the headline bout is. It is you're coming to see a WWE show, not these two wrestlers. Man, thank God Enzo left before WWE could try and own his rap career. <laughs> Is he still doing music? Is that I don't is I don't that a know. thing? He's got an OnlyFans account now. <laughs> I would really like to see him come back to. I would like. To, I think him and Big Cass could be a great. Like we need the ending to the biopic. We need an ending <laughs> to the movie where they make the triumphant return and everyone feels good. That's what I'm waiting for. Blake, uh, Blake Polinzani uh, asking is Cena or the Miz in SAG? Maybe not the Miz. Definitely John Cena. Yeah. Yeah, John um, Cena is. I, the Miz, because his stuff is produced by WWE as well, you don't have to be in a union to act. So it's worth saying you can actually, get... you do for some productions. Some productions are SAG only. Right. I just meant in general. Like, you can be yeah. an actor and not join a union, but but some productions are protected like that. I'm going to ask Matt this when uh, he's on Sunday or Monday. I'm curious if Matt... I know he did some acting. I'm curious if he ever joined SAG. Yeah. Um Johnny Hex, four ninety nine. I think Jesse Ventura and Andrew Yang should start a wrestling union because Jesse had that idea for years. I think we're we're closer than uh than ever. Strangely, given the outcry over this, Antoine Fair, ten dollars, saying exactly that's my point. Really, SAG pays that, so they need to get a union or come together. But that money doesn't come from the studio. That money's from the actors who pay dues. Um, even if if they're paying dues, I think that. Whatever they're paying, okay. Let's just talk about like healthcare for a second in this country and like what. I mean, I can tell you, I've been self-employed the majority of my life. Like, whatever they paid in union dues, it would probably be a wash to get them healthcare. But I guarantee you, they would get so much more in combined bargaining power that I think uh, they would go for it. 
That's then that's the key word. We talk a lot about unions and I think unions is kind of the wrong terminology. It's the right terminology, but it's wrong from the perspective of what we're really talking about is collective bargaining yeah. and the power of a group of people who do this work to come together and say, without doing, without the proper protections, without the proper support, we're no longer going to do this work. That's, that's what you've got to have to stand up to somebody because right now, Anybody that stands up to Vincent Mann by themselves, you're fired. We'll put somebody else in your spot. Like, yeah. And by the way, they don't have an abundance of talent. I mean, we're going to talk about SmackDown tonight, but uh, I mean, there was some good stuff, but there's also some stuff that really shows, you know, if uh, Sami Zayn and a couple other people got together and walked, uh, what are they going to do, man? Because this, <laughs> if this is the best they can put together, what kind of show are we going to have here? Yeah, on what Friday kind of nights? show are we going to have? So let's get into this. Maybe we'll talk about this a little more at the uh, end of the show. You know. Uh, you know, I remember an episode of Alice when uh, Alice wanted to uh, get a, a night gig uh, singing in a lounge and Mel had a strict no moonlighting policy. And I think Alice laid it out, said, hey, you don't want me to have to get a second job. Pay me enough to live off my job. You know, sometimes, Glenn, I'm right there with your references. And then sometimes you go a little inside baseball and I'm like, you don't remember Alice. Oh, you're young. Alice, it was a That's... sitcom that ran from like 1975, 1976 to like 1983 or 84. Linda Lavin starred. She worked at Mel's Diner. I don't know who that is. Is that a person? Uh, there was a character named Flo. Her her uh, catchphrase was kiss my grits. Did you just insult me for being young? I'm going to file a complaint with. Oh wait, that's right. I'm contracted help. Independent independent contractors do have protections against discrimination. (laughs) I would love to see somebody try and enforce that shit in WWE. But if you had a union and collective bargaining, you could do that. It would be great. Uh, So let's talk about SmackDown tonight. So I love this. People are like, you're going to see in the comments someone like SmackDown talk starts 28 minutes in. Get text from Raj later tonight. Okay, Monday we did. We had an epic intro to this podcast. Monday, everyone was talking about it. Wednesday night, Matt and I referenced it. Raj had no idea what we were talking about, <laughs> and everybody like tweeted at him. Everybody was talking. About so we're good. Daddy's never going to see this. It's That's fine. Right. I can't believe it's called Raj Daddy. Wow. <laughs> never do that again. Is that stipulated in your contract as well? Yeah. Um, it's fine. So okay, here we go. 2843 in. It is the the one year anniversary of SmackDown on Fox. If you remember, that was when I think I started doing this show regularly a year ago. That's why I'm really back because it's the one year anniversary of SmackDown on Fox. I thought it was November when that started. Nope. Why do I remember that wrong? Mm. I'm just losing my mind. Mm -hmm. The Fox robot will be back next week, hopefully. Like this year has just been. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Remember last week? Remember, Remember two days ago? You're going to see something happen here, Glenn. Here's what happened, oh. right? I left yeah, I left this show right before the pandemic. I come back this week. <laughs> 2020 is up from here, man. It's all up from here. It hasn't aged you much, so that's good. Okay, so we started the show. 29 minutes, 30 seconds for the YouTube commenter. is going to leave that comment. Um, so we start the show with the recap of Clash of Champions and what happened with Roman Reigns taking on his cousin, um, Saturday night or Sunday night at clash of champions, uh, Romans win over Jay Uso. And, uh, what did you think of this promo Roman cut tonight? I mean, this is Roman at his most insecure, almost borderline neurotic. Uh, you know, it's really important to him. The tribal chief of his only is a, is a tribal chief of his family, the tribal chief of SmackDown. I'm learning so much about Samoan culture. Yeah, this is, you know, the match on Sunday, number one, he got, the shit, not um, not Roman, but Ray got uh, um, Jay. 
Jay, sorry, I can talk at some point tonight. He got the shit beat out of him, right? And so to see him come out and be like, I want another shot at this, felt a little bit like, yeah, but you didn't really earn another shot at this, right? And the tribal stuff worked for me because I was really into this whole Jay thing going into Clash of Champions. Um, so I think Roman's doing really good work. And I like the fact that he is wanting to stand a little bit independent of Paul Heyman with Heyman in his corner and saying, no, I'm going to do this. He's delivering very low key, um, very intense work. But this tribal chief stuff is a little bit, it feels a little bit scripted to me. Some people love this. I've saw people tonight talking about this is the best promo Roman Reigns career. The storyline is the best thing he's been in. Maybe it's because I would come from a family. Like we fight, but we don't have rivalries. Sure. Like we've got longstanding grudges and reasons we don't talk to each other for a long time. But you know, at Thanksgiving, I don't care who's at the head of the table. You know, it's like that's not a big deal to me. I don't think it's uh, a real table, Glenn. Just for I think it's a metaphor for life. I know Matt was talking about it. Like the table, like Matt was because oh. Matt Matt's married uh, to to uh, you know Matt's married into the culture. He uh, spoke about this at length on Sunday. So I mean, I like Jay's response there tonight. But again, like with. Roman hugging Jay. It's like, I love you, but I want to prove I'm better than you. Um, like it's int- like, this is going on far longer than I thought. I really thought Jay was a placeholder opponent. Um, and instead tonight they built this up that Jay wants another shot and Helena cell. And did they say it's going to be in the cell? They did not. He just said at Helena cell, he said there will be a stipulation that will be the most, what was it? The most intense stipulation of all time in WWE The match will have the highest stakes mm. that any match has mm-hmm. ever had in WWE history. Now, this is also the company that told us at WrestleMania or was it after we're getting the greatest wrestling match ever? That's right. That's right. So WWE really knows how to undersell their own content. Um, what could that be? The match will have the highest stakes that any match has ever had in WWE history chat room. Give me your appropriate to read on the air predictions of this. I mean, no one's going to die, uh, but what are the highest stakes ever? They did a, what was it? They did a kennel, uh, the kennel match from one of the wrestlers. That was a pretty high stakes. The dogs were peeing on the mat outside. This is like, this theme of tonight's SmackDown to me, and I think it was a, we'll, we'll talk more about specifics here and there. It's a fine show, but the theme of tonight's SmackDown was let's tease what's going to happen next week. We want to see you come back next week. So they threw this out there, the biggest, greatest stakes of all time. And you're like, what are they? Okay. I guess we'll find out next week. So. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the Kenny versus Spenny episodes I've been watching and the different humiliations the loser has to do every week. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Some of those are pretty bad, but not safe for WWE. Granted, I mean, WWE you know, thought dog food was like the <laughs> biggest, craziest thing. Man, that was it. Oof. He had to eat dog food when he lost. Ugh. Yes. Three uh, layers of hell match. Maybe the stakes are um, you'll be forced to start a union. <laughs> well, well, oh, no. that would be high, That would be high stakes. Are the stakes just we're going to you're going to go do a live show with an audience? Is that what the stakes are? <laughs> I don't know. Andy Brennan is saying in the chat room, commenters did say later in the show, it is a Hell in a Cell match. Okay, so it is Hell in a Cell, which is interesting. Um, Man, I really hope Bailey versus Sasha is in the cell. It's happening next week on SmackDown. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get get to what's not happening next week on SmackDown. Um, But yes, it is a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, (laughs) Schmidt kicked out of the family. That does seem kind of like... If you win this, you're not my cousin anymore. 
it could be like a Samoan. And again, you mentioned this, not knowing Samoan culture. Maybe that's the thing. Like getting kicked out of the family is true. Uh, could be. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what drama. I don't know what they, what uh, this could possibly be. Oh, what culture someone who kicks off the family table? Yeah, man, this family thing. Is this leading to something, Glenn? Is like, leading, I, I mean, is it leading to something? Because I was kind of with you, man. Like, this was a fine one month feud, filler match, whatever for Clash of Champions. But now it seems like, are we teasing the family is, you know, broader family here? The Rock comes in at some point. Like, are we going to go down that rabbit hole? Antoine Fair, $2 saying that Usos become Roman servants. That seems, I mean, it's very childish, but. Uh... That's the worst stipulation ever because. <laughs> no, I think The Rock versus Roman would be fantastic. It is weird, though, how Roman or how The Rock didn't really put this over a lot or hype it or sure. he wasn't in the family promo video package. So I don't sure. know. It Bush just feels like if you're sticking with this story, that could be where you're going. <laughs> Hell in a cell, in a cell. <laughs> They'll just be, they're bringing back the Punjabi prison match. That's what's going <laughs> to I like both of these guys. I like heel Roman. Again, maybe I just don't get it because, again, that's not the kind of family I, I come from. And in fact, the families that I do know and people that get in rivalries usually just result in people not talking to each other for like six months to a year at a time. Right. Like, like I know families with passive aggressive family drama. So sure. this is this is a little new to me. Um, anyhow, highest stakes of any match in WWE history. At least they're getting, you know, give, it gives Jay something to do well, um, while Jimmy's out. So that's, and it's putting him out there in a pretty big way, I think. Well, and tonight, speaking of giving him something to do, uh, AJ Styles came out and started cutting a promo. Since some things were maybe like a little ignorant tonight uh, in regards to their culture. Um, but whatever, uh, you know, it's WWE. It's not. What was the exact line? I forget. He, he did say something that was just like, really? let Reigns be the tribal chief, sacrifice a goat or something. And you yep, can go on living. And I'm not saying whatever, like it's okay. But at the same, I mean, at the same time, it's like this, this is WWE. We know what we're watching. Uh, I don't want to be like, I expect so much more from WWE. They're normally so nuanced and sensitive to cultural issues. No, they're not. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, AJ said what he said, and, but we got Jey Uso versus AJ Styles and Jay went over, baby. Jey Uso got a win on AJ Styles. So he didn't beat his cousin, but beating AJ ain't nothing. Yeah. I thought the inclusion of AJ was weird here. Just like out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, I had a match on Sunday for a title, but I'm just going to come out here and I just want something to do. Right. I thought that was weird, but it did put Jay back in, like I said earlier, at first, he's coming out challenging for a title match, and I'm like, you just got the shit beat out of you again. Um, but this reestablished him as being a credible contender, I felt like, and I think that um, he looked really good in this match, and I, I think AJ's the kind of guy, AJ can lose to almost anybody, and he's going to still feel like a huge star at this point. Um, so it was the right call to put him out there. Um, Jay gets a big win. I think he is now positioned better to look good going into Hell in a Cell. Shockmaster saying this is going to be a three-hour podcast. What was Raj thinking putting these two on? Raj was thinking he didn't want to do the podcast on Friday night. That's, That's right. what he was thinking. Hey, we uh, had a good discussion. I enjoyed the union discussion. Tony Mattresson uh, saying, uh, calling me a sexy Jewish warrior. Mm. And I appreciate that, Tony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right back at you, buddy. Uh, so, anyhow. Jay got a uh, victory over AJ Styles. I'm pretty stoked about that. 
I think it's great for Jay. AJ's an interesting place in his career. Um, he's a credible title challenger anytime they want to pull the trigger on that. Um, but yeah, this was good tonight. I thought uh, so, Styles goes back to, I mean, Styles going to stay on SmackDown? We going to do early predictions for the draft? <laughs> oh, I don't even, can't even think about that. Can't even think about it. Oh, here's something I could think about. John Morrison versus Otis. Good Lord, how many, like someone has statistics. This is like the 11th match where Otis has faced the Miz or Morrison or the Miz and Morrison. Yep. Uh, but hey, uh, Otis is going to defend himself in court against Morrison and the Miz's lawsuit, trying to sue him for his money in the bank contracts. When is that happening, Glenn? Remind me. It's happening next week. Next week, when we'll find out the stipulation from Roman Reigns. Let's do a count here. Stipulation from Roman Reigns match. And next week, we get the lawyer. Why doesn't, why doesn't he just go ahead and cash in? Like, if he's that worried about it, like, can he just cash in before the lawsuit? Eh, he, he should, you know. And if this goes to the Supreme Court, what's it going to mean with only eight justices? It could right. be a tie. We could have a constitutional crisis <laughs> over the money in the bank contract. It'd probably get knocked down to one of the lower appellate courts. It's true. So really, all of a sudden, like really punchy tonight, and I apologize. Right. And I, with this, I think I almost said I'm going to have a beer tonight on the podcast. Thank God that didn't happen. Um, so Otis won this match over Morrison. At least it was kind of quick. Oh, and then if you think, you know, I really want to see something different that we haven't really seen that much of on SmackDown. They followed this up with Sheamus versus Shorty G. Jeez. They even referenced these two have a history, but I think it's, it's the feud that, like since SmackDown day one on Fox, like somebody just must love these two together. So, but guess what we're getting next week with Sheamus. Hmm. Well, what, uh, what is it um, next week? He is going to, um, there was something with Sheamus next week. Big oh, E, that's right. Big E oh. challenged him to a match um, with an interesting stipulation. Um, Did they say with the interesting stipulation? Yes, it was a false gun anywhere match. <laughs> Is that really interesting? Yes. I'm I think kidding. they think that his fans were like, I know we've seen this before, but holy shit, false count anywhere. That's right. That's right. But next one happened next week on SmackDown. So that was just all a tease for, for next week. Uh, Tomasa and Cox, Matt is not feeling well. Uh, hopefully he is back Sunday night for NXT takeover. If not, hopefully Monday. Uh, yeah. Hope he gets better soon. So <laughs> Luke Schmidt, anyone know what shorty G's record is? I, I like, <laughs> here's, here's the weird part about this, right? I like shorty G. I think Chad, G I can't believe he's calling that. Like in my mind now he's shorty G Michael Wiseman. What's happened? Chad Gable is like like Greco-Roman wrestler supreme, fantastic in American Alpha, didn't really go anywhere in a singles career, mm -hmm. but now he is Shorty G, and that's how I thought of him. Well, I'll tell you what. When him and the Toon Squad went on to fight those aliens in Space Jam, they did a great job. I mean, they won. Him and him and Jordan, everybody, they did a great job. So. No, I've never actually seen all of Space Jam. I, I, Jordy G is the kind of guy you look back at what he did as part of American Alpha. They were calling him that. Let's stop calling him that. <laughs> they were great. They were such a fantastic tag team. They had so much energy. And I, I just, it breaks my heart to think about what could that tag team have been in modern day AEW. Some of the best tag matches against the revival yep. that WWE has ever seen, let alone. Yep. 
NXT. Anyhow, but uh, I like Sheamus. I like his new, you know, uh, oh my God, is WWE going to demand a cut of his night job working down on the docks in that outfit? Because <laughs> he's he's loading crates, and right. I think WWE's coming for that cut of the money against his downside guarantee. I, you know, that's it's here's the thing about it, right? For me, Seamus, the kind of guy I look at him and I'm like, he is a former main eventer, could be a future main eventer. He's got everything WWE loves. Why has it felt like for the last couple of years, he's just been in this weird mid card spot? Shorty G, um, Big E could be an interesting feud, but it's probably just going to be used to further Big E's career, not Seamus. And what is it they miss with him? Why does he not feel like a huge star? every time he comes out and i just think it's again their mindset around they push him and they pull him and they never let him stay on top for long enough yeah yeah um but again they can put him in the spot i mean in the in the 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 uh, proverbial pecking order as it were he's uh not at aj's level but i think he's only one tier below that in terms sure. of um being seen as a credible opponent that they can use in a variety of ways plug him into a number of feuds and uh, make this go. Uh, okay. So, and Biggie is great. Well, I mean, Biggie, I hope Seamus is a stepping stone. Biggie has so much going for him. Let's talk about this. KO show tonight. Alexa bliss is the guest. We saw a recap of her snapping on Lacey Evans last week. Owens asked what's been going on. Are you brainwashed? And she says, yes, my brain has been washed and I feel fantastic. <laughs> oh, I think I saw your reaction on Twitter. I think you and I felt a little bit different about this segment. So Glenn, let me ask you, how did you feel about the Kevin Owens show on SmackDown tonight? Do I have, do I have to read it? Nobody, no, nobody's going to get that. Like I tweet for the 1% that understands <laughs> these references uh i said i love this segment it had passion and a plucky spirit and the characters had integrity sure the fiend bray wyatt he wears a mask made out of human flesh but hey we've all got quirks i've got them you've got them that's what makes this character so compelling thumbs up for me <laughs> and if you don't know i'm not explaining it mm -hmm. uh anyhow no it was good though uh so i liked kevin owens asking alexa this i liked the uh the cutoff, I liked The Fiend coming out and attacking Kevin Owens. I think The Fiend versus Kevin Owens is going to be great. Oh, my God. Could you imagine what they can do in the Firefly Funhouse? Muscle Man Dance. It's coming back, baby. It's going to be perfect. Like, Huskis, the whole thing with KO. Huskis can get a friend that's based on Kevin Owens. Um, but then we end with, uh, meaningfully, The Fiend and Alexa Bliss sharing a moment. I think this is good. And, I, man, I want them... After this, I really would like to see The Fiend and Bray Wyatt as Alexa's manager and hype man and use this dark Alexa in a feud. Oh, that could that could be fun. That could be interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Matt, Matt would tell you I'm overthinking things, which I do overthink sometimes with pro wrestling, right? Because we have to. But I look at this segment and like, first off, Kevin Owens on SmackDown when he's a Raw guy. I know we're past that, but again, it still irritates me. It still grinds my gears. But the way Kevin Owens kept being all like, yeah, just like me and Alistair Black over there on Raw, just like this intense rivalry I have with, like, it just felt very false to me the way he approached it. I think the Alexa Bliss stuff was mostly fine, and I thought the last segment with The Fiend showing up was perfectly fine and enjoyable, and it set up this match between him and Kevin Owens that will take place. Is it taking place? What is it? Is it next week? I think it's next week. <laughs> next week. We're up to four now. Um, So, you know, 
I think all that was fine, but it just Kevin Owens seemed a little bit just like a tool, like, oh, just like me and Alistair Black over on Raw. And I just, I don't know, it just annoyed me. Sure. Remember me and Alistair Black on Raw? We've got a thing going too. Check this out. Monday nights at nine. <laughs> and I hate to say it, like Alistair Black, though, they've nerfed him so much sure. that I'm more excited. I, I think even if it's just a one-off, I think KO and The Fiend would be great. I think they could have a great feud together. Um, man, with Alistair Black, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but hey, let's talk about the highlight of this show. If you missed this, folks, go back, watch this one match. The King Baron Corbin, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And they're teaming against Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik. Is Callisto there in the Lucha House Party? No, replacing him tonight, Matt Riddle. So this is, this is interesting for a variety of reasons. Number one, Baron Corbin won this King of the Ring tournament like... What's it's been like? It's been like last last summer, right? Sometime it, in maybe twenty. He is still the reigning know. king of the ring over a year later. Not that at some point that title just fell away from you, right? You are king for life. Oh, is that what? It's like a president title. You don't step down from that throne. You have a sire, and then you pass the lineage of the crown. Yeah, Shorty but G also, could be his sire. <laughs> but also. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, with the controversy um, out there, let's say um, surrounding the bro. Um, it's it's interesting to see him in this spot here and the way he's kind of being featured alongside Lucha House Party. So, eh. yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yep. This isn't good for Matt Riddle. As I am said, so Matt Riddle got some on him. Um, given what's going on. And I don't want to get into it all um, with the allegations against him and his response. And yada, Let me get yada, my plug yada. in here. We've covered it extensively yes, on the wrestling. Please go to that. I'm not being dismissive of that <laughs> no, at all, we have but it. I do not know the complete story. I know sure. enough about the complete story to know that this demands like the utmost respect and certainty about the facts. So please watch somebody who's actually a journalist uh, cover this uh, with the nuance it deserves. This might have something to do with that. Maybe. Yeah, the yeah he got yeah got a little on him tonight, but it seems like you would just pull him off of TV right now until some of this settles down. But they must not think it's serious enough. So anyway, it's just know. weird, it's very the weird. Long, the whole weird match, weird. time filler, Teddy Long special. There you go. And it, it makes me wonder. I mean, like you know, do they have, do this? Is what we're talking about earlier. Do they have a lack of talent where they feel? that they have no choice, even given the allegations that they have to keep Riddle on TV and use him in this capacity. Um, but Callisto like interfered in this match. Yeah. Uh, drama in the Lucha House Party, everyone. Why aren't we talking about that? Why is that not the big story out of SmackDown? That's the, the feud I'm looking forward to. <laughs> it's like if Kid and Play broke up. Mm-hmm. Think I, about that. Think about the ramifications. No, I don't even. Would you be I, team kid or team play? I'm team kid all the is, way. It's is that a is that like a thing? Kids go play. Like is that like a one of those sports programs that they rolled out for kids? I don't. Michael Wiseman. This this is what this is why you were fired. You're this is why I was fired. Get I got Rod in my ear feeding me every line that I'm saying tonight. Yeah, so uh, kid point. and play had a movie series called House Party. Oh yes, we they talked were, about this in the past. Uh, That's right. The kid yes, and play name of the act. Yes. They also have a dance called the kid and play. I, I'm pretty sure we had this exact conversation and the chat's probably getting ready to bring us up when and where in the timestamp. So we might want to move on. <laughs> yes. Steve Marcuccioli, 399 saying four moves to each brand. Would you move cross up? No, I mean, 
I think he'd be great on a main roster feud if he was handled right, but he still has unfinished business in NXT. He's got to come back and reclaim his championship that he didn't get to defend. So, no. Four moves to each brand, though. Think about that. Um, does it? I just think sometimes does it really matter at this point? Right? Oh, what's that? Go ahead. You go ahead. You go first. I could see Undisputed Era or Adam Cole. It was weird how Graves kept calling Sammy in that last segment tonight the Undisputed Champ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just thinking. Mm -hmm. Thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I could see Reigns is killing it on SmackDown. Um, but I don't Raw needs, I think Raw, I mean, Raw's got McIntyre, Raw's got Randy Orton. Um, it's going to have Edge when they come back. But they didn't do much with Styles over there, but I would love to see, I, I, I think Styles could have a home over there. Daniel Bryan, I would love to see Daniel Bryan go to Raw and feud with Edge at some point in the future. We'll see. Yeah, I think Aleister Black could be good on SmackDown. I don't know if you put him in something with Bray. Mm. I mean, the whole brand split is just silly right now. It is. But then again, could you, could you imagine how much more repetitive WWE programming would be if we didn't have the brand split right now? <laughs> I think Corbin has some room to run on Raw as well. So here was my prediction. I thought this, and they didn't go this route. I thought McIntyre was going to lose on Monday. And I thought he was going, not Monday, but last Sunday. And I thought he was going to eventually move back to um, SmackDown. And I thought he could be the guy to conquer Roman Reigns, but probably not. Somebody asked in the <laughs> chat room, this is the Attitude Era championship belt. If you are watching the video version over my left shoulder, um, it is the era that I grew up with. So that is the uh, WWF Attitude Era belt. Tony Matrison, can you just say we hate WWE, Vince and they are evil and end the show. Like, wow. That's it. Good night, folks. We'll see you back here. Uh... <laughs> Sometime. Someday. No, Does the next T count? <laughs> we got to end the brand split of this podcast. Mm. Bring it all together. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm a little punchy tonight. I think like a lot of Americans and people around the world, we didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Pretty eventful evening. Um, I think that's going on. I mean, with everything else going on in the world this week, this year, you just tonight's SmackDown felt really sort of on the fringes compared to everything, which is saying something because I'll tell you after Clash Champions Sunday, I was way more excited for where these SmackDown stories were going versus sure. the Raw storylines. And um, I just think bad week, tough week, man. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's crazy. And so we're talking about all this. It's like I'm not trying to be dismissive or disrespectful to uh, to any aspect of the show. Um yeah, it's just uh, and SmackDown is the normally the one we put over so so much. It's it was a filler week, um, hence why I'm here. And so you know that's why they had I mean, this was again. This is my joke for tonight. Um, it's going to happen next week. We're going to get the championship match between whoever else next week, right? Like this was just a week for them to recharge their batteries and possibly deal with some COVID outbreaks backstage. So yes, um, and you know, mystery lady, name of a song by Billy Ocean, and tonight. We learned that the mystery lady in these vignettes is Carmella coming back. <laughs> Wasn't it like on her tights at one point? Like really mystery vignettes? Like hmm. I didn't know for sure. I mean, we kind of figured, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just it just makes sense. 
it seemed like she was kind of teasing there that she might end up on Raw or SmackDown, depending on what happens in the brand split or with the the draft next week. Um, and we'll find out. So maybe teasing that that she might go to Raw. I would. I was thinking for some reason if she made her re debut and just got destroyed by uh, Dark Alexa. Like that would be bold. Um, no, look, I like Carmella. I think as a talent, she's fantastic. She has gotten over everything that she has done. So it is weird to have her be like Vince's fantasy female heel character. And I only wish Justin was here because I would like to see Justin doing Vince McMahon coaching Carmella on how to do that promo tonight. <laughs> That that was the thing that killed me about this because Carmella was, I mean, I know that Mella is money, right? So having her on, when she first debuted on the main roster, Enzo and Big Cass, right? Right there with them. But she had this attitude and this sass that made her different. And to just generalize her, this promo felt, like I said about Kevin Owens thing, a little bit inauthentic to who she is. And I don't want that from her because she'll get lost in the shuffle with Mandy Rose and everybody else who eventually loses their spot and and or become unmemorable as a result. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this has got Vince all over it. You got some Vince on you there. <sighs> uh, why, why do we keep going out of focus tonight? That's weird. Do you mean on the camera or um, just in, in your, general? In your, yeah. RJ Bass saying, Glenn, are you going heel to make up for Nomad? That's a stupid question. Why are you even asking that? Um, so next, uh, Sasha Banks, man, why Sasha on TV again? I like Sasha. I think the beat down, the promise of her return so good, but then coming back last week, coming back tonight and cutting a promo saying she's going to face Bailey for the title next week on SmackDown. I just feel like this is giving us what we want, but they're giving us giving it to us way too soon. Notable that Bailey wasn't on tonight. When's the last time Bailey wasn't on SmackDown? Well, she, she was, she, she might, yeah, she had that promo. She did. She no, 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Nope. You're right. I'm thinking of the match. They just dubbed this the match from Sunday where she had that match with Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like no Bailey, like Bailey's one of the stars of SmackDown when the stars of WWE, um, Sasha is great. I like this angle, but this is the case of like, don't, don't rush this. Sure. They, they, they've got to use this like next week has got to be a no, you know, dust, a no finish. Right. And we're going to end up with them going to hell in a cell to conclude this because they spent, I was, I was praising them. They spent months and months working on this breakup, um, teasing it, dropping some things here and there before pulling the trigger. And it feels like since they pulled the trigger, it's like every time they're together, we're moving, you know, five weeks and one hour. And I just, yeah. Let's get to hell. I mean, this match would be great for, I think, Survivor Series. It could be a marquee match at one of your big four, not a throwaway on next Friday SmackDown. Yeah. Like, this This is the most important storyline. Yep. For me and a lot of other fans, this is the most important storyline that WWE needs to not screw up because these two have had such a good run together. Breaking them up is presents a world of possibilities this is a WrestleMania match, and if they're not even going to drag it out to giving it to us till Hell in a Cell, that's a real shame. Um, I think they should postpone this as long as possible, build the story. And I think that um, 
I don't think the match is happening on free TV. Something's going to happen. Bailey's probably going to beat the crap out of Sasha on the ramp. They're going to do something to drag this out to at least tell in a cell. And it should be in the cell yeah. and on the cell. I agree. And actually, I would have waited. Like, I would love to have seen them have a normal match and then it builds to a best of three series that ends up with Hell in a Cell, right? But yeah, the, these two tore down the house in NXT. Like, back at, like, when they had those epic matches at TakeOver Brooklyn, and like, that was something special. And I think that you talk about marquee women's matches in an era without, um, without Becky Lynch, in an era without Charlotte Flair. These two have picked up the mantle and they're running with it. Oscar's doing great over on Raw too, but these two could be the potential main event of Hell in a Cell if you give them that runway. Because I mean, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso will be fine, um, and who knows what's going to happen on Raw. Um, but yeah, we'll see. KMU ninety four saying it's going to be Dusty finish. Then they get separated during the draft. Sasha wins the Rumble, challenges Bailey at Mania. I. I don't know. I like that would take an amazing amount of restraint. I would be very impressed if WWE broke it up and pumped the brakes a little bit on this one right now. We'll see. Yeah. I it's I I think they're kind of spiked the rating, Glenn. Like my theory right now is they did this for a number of weeks on Raw where they tried to get ratings back by throwing gimmicks out there and saying, Hey, we got Raw Underground and now we're gonna reveal retribution and blah 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 blah. SmackDown just stuck to good storytelling for a number of weeks and the ratings kind of grew organically on Fox. So I don't know. It feels like to me they feel a need to spike the ratings next week, and so they're gonna advertise all these big matches and championships and everything else. Yeah. That's my theory. So the main event tonight, oh, Sami Zayn threw one of the intercontinental titles in the in the trash, by the way. Um, I enjoyed that. I thought it was a little sort of a Lundra Blaze callback. Sure. Uh, but then we had uh, Sami defend his intercontinental championship against Jeff Hardy. I am very impressed that this is the third time these guys have wrestled in the span of a week. Uh, granted, this is their first singles match. They were in two triple threats Friday and Sunday. Not sick of it. Great match, great finish with Hardy avoiding the Huluva kick, Sammy blocking the twist of fate, hits the back elbow in the corner. Hardy goes to the top buckle for a move. Sammy knocks his legs out. Jeff falls face first in the exposed turnbuckle. Sammy takes advantage, covers for the pin and the win. Very good ending to this. Very good match. Sammy's still the, the, the undisputed intercontinental champ here. But uh, what did you think of this main event, Michael? I, I thought it was a good match. You know, a show that I was ready to kind of just crap all over and say it was just a lot of build for next week. And there was some good stuff in it. I mean, it wasn't the worst show of all time, but it felt like a filler show. I was happy to see them pull through with a credible main event for a TV show. Um, yes, it was a callback to Sunday, but it was a different mix-up. And I think Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy have really good chemistry together. And I like this ongoing storyline of Jeff Hardy always fighting his way back his redemption story is still ongoing and sammy people love him people hate him i think sammy's doing great people work. want him to cut his hair that's right his beard shave his beard right i think he's doing really great work right now i like the promo and so it was just a good matchup and a good way nothing you're, you know you're gonna write home about but i think it was a good way to end the show and make it not feel like a complete waste of time <clears throat> yeah it was good this was yeah. solid but and you thought there was a chance jeff hardy could win this like yeah, okay. I'm glad Let's he see. didn't. I think, uh, but no, look, the draft happening next week, this was not going out with a bang. Uh, this was not the season finale. Right. Uh, this was like the little epilogue to what we saw Sunday. And um, stay tuned for next week with that draft. Going to start on SmackDown, finish on Raw. 
Thank you. Uh, we got any other news stories? We got anything else? I had nothing else major. Um, it seems like um, let me just check the old uh, Wrestling Inc. Um, page hey, what's, here. What's Wrestling Inc. talking about? <laughs> what's going on with Wrestling Inc. these days? Now I don't think there's um a ton else happening other than the draft happening next week. Um, all the conversation around you know Twitch and all that kind of stuff is just kind of what's dominating the news cycle right now. So we'll see what happens. It's just crazy times, you know, just lots of lots of crazy things happening. Um, oh, I don't I don't know this is super newsworthy, but um, WWE might be um, changing their WrestleMania 37 location. Um, yes, I saw the uh, the news. Uh, Tampa, yep. not Hollywood, because but that's just not going to happen. It was a WrestleMania Hollywood next year, for those of you guys who didn't know. And this year was obviously supposed to be Tampa. So they might actually be trying to get back to Tampa. And Florida's opened up for everything. So. Oh yeah! Uh, somebody I, asked for the um the ratings from um Wednesday. Wednesday night. Let me look those up for you. What were you gonna say, Glenn? Oh, I actually had to look uh, to see if I'd booked my hotel for Mania next year already, and I had not. Let me tell you something. I traveled a lot last year. I picked the wrong time to earn like platinum status <laughs> uh, with my hotel of choice because I uh, didn't get to use that this year. Maybe they'll maybe they'll still be in business next year, yeah. and uh, you know I can use uh, all those miles and points. Um, all right, yeah. I, this is where I miss Matt because Matt would always <laughs> give me no, 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 no. When I got into the ratings, Matt always hated the way I delivered the ratings. Every week I would do it, he would be like, "Why? Why are you saying that?" You know, if he said that to me. So, um, yeah, this week's ratings. Uh, I guess it's week fifty-one of the Wednesday Night Wars, according to Wrestling Inc. Um, Dynamite was up. It drew 866,000 viewers. So it was up 3.7% from last week. Um, and, um, it looks like, um, NXT this week on Tuesday night grew, drew 732,000 viewers. Um, so Dynamite did beat that. Um, and AEW ranked number 12 and the cable top 150. Um, so yeah, South Park topped the night though. The pandemic special. Yeah, I still got to go back and watch that. It was good. I used to be really into South Park, like everyone. Love the oh, video and, games. Yes. Oh, yeah, the games were great. So um, let me see if I can find the uh, NBA Finals um, top the top the um, night in TV viewership. Um, oh, yeah, he drew a .33 rating in 1849 demographic. So that's the key statistic you all care about if you're Chris Jericho. So there you go. So you're doing the Wink Daily? Yes. What days are you on? I'm on there every Monday. Um, and um, yeah, helping uh, you guys apply to all the interviews that have been popping up. I help cuts. I do some behind the scenes stuff for the site, like cut yeah. videos, things like that. So, Wink Daily, you guys are a real wrestling, professional wrestling journalist. If you want, here's the thing about it, right? You like the review shows. You're here for the Wrestling Inc. podcast. That's awesome. If you want new shows, Nick does those every day of the week. I'm on there Mondays. Um, EJ Cameron's on there Tuesdays. He's with Justin Wednesdays and Thursdays. I don't Thursdays. even know who that is. Um, he's a comedian um, up in the Chicago area, I believe. I don't oh. know him personally, but he's a uh, he knows Nick. Uh, you guys love Justin Labar. He's on the a Wink Daily Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then Friday, Christy Olson. You guys know her as well. Oh. Um, so so yeah, so that is strictly a, it is a new show. We cover all the biggest headlines from the day, uh, and then 
Nick has an interview with a wrestler with a talent in some yeah, capacity. Yang. He had Andrew Yang. Um, we had uh, Jerry McDevitt, the um, you know represented WWE in many big court cases. I think um, that's fantastic. And seriously, they're doing great work there. And again, that's why a lot of times when there's uh, you know wrestler accusa- uh, accusations and controversies and sensitive subjects, we don't really talk about that here because the Wrestling Inc. Daily does such a good, thorough job of discussing uh, those topics. People have been calling you a heel all night, and look how nice you are, Glenn. This is this is so nice. Well, let me put it over. It's good. Yeah, I remember when they asked me if I wanted to do the Wink Daily, and I was like, "Uh, like (laughs) I I do this a couple times a week. I I got my fill. Thanks. Don't need to get up in the morning. Oh my god, remember the when this podcast when we did SmackDown on like Wednesday mornings. Yeah, I was not. No, I was not here for that. That seems terrible. Also, you live on the West Coast, so like I do the podcast over lunch. It's perfect for me. It would be like eight in the morning for you. Well, because we were doing it, and if you think I can't remember what I just watched an hour ago, you should see me try and talk about what I watched the night before. So, like right now, for like it's it's eleven thirty here on the East Coast. Oh, like, twenty three. I'm like getting ready to go to here. bed. Like you know, what? Do you... No, I'm gonna go to hang out with the cats. Maybe watch some more Kenny versus Spenny. Uh, a fan remastered them in HD and put them on YouTube. You've probably not seen the Kenny versus Spenny. Uh, some of it was produced by Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park. And no. it's two friends that have these uh, so often vulgar competitions against each other mm-hmm. um, for supremacy. Um, and they do, you know, some that are less gross. I mean, they do like who could drink the most beer, um, you know, who could stay awake the longest, uh, who do uh, children like more, who could put on the better concert, who can lose the most weight. Um, but then uh like I don't want to spoil too much, but there is one side who plays by the rules and there's another side who just cheats and does whatever it takes to win. And then they do like a disgusting humiliation to the loser. Highly recommend it. If you like a little bit more sort of guy, edgy, dark, gross humor, it's a very, very watchable show. I'm watching it because my wife is not around. And I'm sure as you can imagine, she does not want to sit and watch the show with me. episodes, Dude, that show went on for yeah. a long time. And they're, they're Canadian legends, but uh, uh, some fan is remastering them all in HD on YouTube. So I've been watching those. <laughs> some fan some fan loves this show enough that they have remastered it on their own it's like the people who uh like i've watched videos on the um the different edits of star wars the oh, original yeah, yeah so well, i got the, i got the 4k scans from the original negatives that that's a right. fan scanned cleaned up and color correct that's right but then there's know? different versions of that depending on how perfected you want your your um the, the nerdiest thing i've ever done as far as like restoring something. So I'm a big fan of the 80s sitcom. It's your move with Jason Bateman. It only ran for like 16 episodes. And uh, I uh, went through and cleaned up the audio a little bit. I like did some noise mm-hmm. reduction on the tape hiss, but like that's, that's the most effort I've ever put in. But now fans are taking standard definition content using like line doubling AI software. And like the results are actually really impressive. I think this is huge because how many times do you watch like the WWE should get on some of this technology because they've got all their old standard definition content mm-hmm. that just looks like crap. If you're watching it on a 4k screen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this doesn't make it look like UHD, but it definitely cleans it up and makes it nicer. They'll put them in a little list. It'll be, you know, get representation for wrestlers. Yes. Clean up um, old content. Clean up old, it'll probably be above the <laughs> wrestler healthcare. It'll be just right. Above. No, but I mean, it, it really does help because we're now living in a 4k world. That's true. We're and, watching stuff that was intended for screens, you know, this big on screens that are massive. And yep. And how many times do we watch an old movie? You think, Oh, these special effects look great on a VHS tape. Yeah. 
with right. some fuzz, but you watch it crystal clear, not so much. The best way to do it, I love the way we're getting super nerdy, and I'm sure we're going to lose a huge chunk of the audience when I say this, but the best way to do it's the Star Trek way, where they went through and remastered the episodes, but they that's just insane. did the special effects, and yeah. that's it. And and I just love that, like, you watch you can watch Next Generation right now, and it's it feels like a more modern show. So, hey, speaking of old shows, I will tell you this. I, I Somebody mentioned this in the chat room. Um Netflix, other big news unrelated to wrestling. Netflix renewed Cobra Kai first season. Yes. Four. Um, and season three is coming out January 8th, 2021. My wife and I just got into this. So we rewatched all the old Karate Kids. And if you haven't seen it, all the, the next, old Karate Kids, even part four, the next Karate Kid. The kids. next, if you haven't seen it, the next Karate Kid is well worth the watch. If um, It's you better than it gets credit for. <laughs> no, Karate Kid 3, I love. <laughs> Uh-huh. on so many levels it's so good because he's so it's like so bad like Terry the guy is, he's, he's sitting in a steam room on his big cell phone dumping toxic waste <laughs> he just sends his brother to go to like that island to get massage it was just anyway and the craziest part is the actor that played him is like the same age as ralph macchio <laughs> in real life and he's talking about yeah crease back in nom and it's like dude like you're so young with your ponytail okay. trying to play old and like they, they cast this chick to be like the love interest, but then realized that she was too young and it would be creepy because she was like 16 or whatever. So they just that, made her a friend. That is Teen Witch star Robin Lively. Oh, okay. Uh, who for uh, who I who I've purchased a cameo from for someone close to me for their birthday. Robin Lively saying happy birthday. I'd never seen Teen Witch. This is and to people you don't get this, but to people in my generation, I hadn't seen Teen Witch till like four years ago. Um, mm-hmm. and that is like an 80s classic. Great rap sequence, great rap song in that movie. Uh, rest of it, it had some moments, but uh, Robin Lively is just delightful uh, as a person and as an actress. She's been in a lot of stuff. She was in a lot of stuff in the 80s. But uh, yeah, Karate Kid 3, solid. Karate Kid 2, I get that it's good, but look, the first one is fantastic. Yeah. Part 3 is my second favorite, then Part 2, then the next Karate Kid. But next Karate Kid, worth your time. Not terrible. Um, and Not Hillary the remake. Swank. The remake is pretty good, too. The remake was a lot better than people feared it was. It's pretty good. Cobra Kai is awesome, though. I love Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is fantastic. Georgia Magnum PI paying $2 to agree that It's Your Move was awesome. So let me tell you about It's Your Move. Jason Bateman was like a young sort of, this was pre Ferris Bueller, right? So uh, he lived with his mom and his sister. And then a new neighbor moves in across the way. Oh, Jason Bateman, he's sort of like a pre-Ferris Bueller, like scammer, like he's uh-huh. running all the cons and stuff at the school, selling test dancers, getting by. Uh, the guy that played Steve from Married with Children, David Garrison, moves in the apartment across from theirs and uh, starts dating Jason Bateman's mom. And then he thinks, I'm going to drive this guy away. But it turns out David Garrison, uh, his character, was a little bit of a scammer of himself growing up. So the entire series is about the conflict between Jason Bateman and David Garrison trying to out scam each other and play mm. tricks on each other the whole time. And there was a fantastic episode, the most classic episode of the show. It's called the dregs of humanity. And uh, they lose the money for the band for the dance. They okay. can't get another uh, band for this. So they take skeletons from the bio lab and put like <laughs> these like cloaks and gear on them and then uh, treat them, uh, ma- uh, manipulate them like puppets on stage. Like they're playing instruments and uh it's weekend at bernie's it's it's like becomes a huge success hugely popular due to this you know it's like a heavy metal band and guns and roses uh fun fact ripped off their entire shtick from this fake band from the sitcom <laughs> wow i did not know any of this this is why we do a spinoff of the wrestling inc podcast about 80s sitcoms and we could do some 90s sitcoms. let's just toss some 90s sitcoms in there as well. and jason bateman was so good i mean jason bateman's always been great 
But if you look at what he's doing here, it's a different character than what he's played in more recent years. Sure. Like, cause you remember uh, when he was on silver spoons, he got to start, he was like the bad kid, like the Eddie Haskell yep. Yep. And silver spoons. So it's kind of an extension of that, but he's a little more likable, a little more Michael J. Mm -hmm. Fox-ish, Alex mm -hmm. Keaton-ish. Um, but uh, anyhow, so I'm going to say this cause you can't find a lot of stuff on YouTube anymore. Cause the copyrights and the crackdowns, mm -hmm. if you go to archive.org, archive.org has a huge video archive with all sorts of VHS stuff. You go there, you click media and just type in it's your move. The entire series is on there. And a lot of other old MTV tapes, VHS tapes, like night tracks from TBS. Um, we've actually like archive.org is replaced and you could download it all right there in the interface. So we've been using that a lot to supplement like our old nostalgia watching highly recommend it. but yeah, check out it's your move. And Arthur Jamison saying boring, who cares? Matt Morgan. No, Matt Morgan, also an Itcher Move Mark. Love the dregs of humanity because we're the same age. We know what's up. Anyhow, it's Friday night. Wow. Uh, Again with the age comment. Thanks. Thanks. Well, but that's part of it, though. You know, so my, I was thinking about this the other my day. My union lawyer will be re reaching out to you. And um, just want you to know that. No, a lot of what we think is cool or a lot of the things that we're fixated on are things that we were exposed to in our youth sure. that we had an appreciation for. So, for instance, there are some 90s things that the kids today put over big time. And to me, it's like, yeah, I'm aware of it, but I, I wasn't like hardcore into that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like full house was probably, although I was just, sure. it was a little bit of my time, but not my thing. Yep. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, that is, I'm a huge. Yeah. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, this is going to be super weird, but um, let's see if I can, we just moved everybody in the chat room. So pardon the mess, but yes. You can oh, you got the it. arcade. I got the arcade. I have a game. I have respect for it, but I'm just saying yes. that, you know, for me, it was all about like GI Joe transformers and GoBots. Like, GoBots. GoBots were the knockoff of, come on, come on. Come on. Actually, you know, in, you know, in Japan, the GoBots were the more successful That's franchise in the U S the transformer. Like I remember getting in, like, there's talk a about great toys that made us on this exact topic. Yes. Uh, Check it out. But you want to talk about like the most heated, feuds and debates oh uh, like on a playground i got fist fights over gobots versus transformers <laughs> i was team gobots all the way That's mainly funny. because transformers were so hard to find that all my parents could get me with gobots and no one wants to admit that were cheaper they because they were smaller right so they were a little bit more affordable yeah and that's part of it too being a kid it's like look when this is all you got you don't want to be like the thing that i have sucks I think it's interesting, but it's true though, because like, I mean, you talk about full house and I definitely, I grew up on TMNT, grew up on then of course full house, but like, as I turned into more of my youth, like Seinfeld, we watched a lot of Seinfeld growing up. I watched a lot of Star Trek, the next Seinfeld. generation friends though. I was never a big fan of friends. I wasn't either. I wasn't either, but it, I look back at like how my sense of humor over the years has skewed. I talk about this a lot. Adult swim came on in like, Oh, one Oh two. I watched space coast, coast to coast in the nineties. Right. Um, and like, it does mold who you are. Those kind of formative years. You you know what's everybody's favorite SNL cast is always the SNL cast from their high school years, middle school, really late middle school. No, like, see, what's your what's your favorite no. SNL cast? For me, it was uh, more junior high. I would say Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, John Lovitz, Victoria Jackson, Mike Myers. So I guess that was right when I started high school. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's early well, high school. It's late junior. It's like yeah, late middle school, early high school. That's everybody's favorite. I'm stoked for SNL tomorrow night. So, sure wait, can I just say for me, it was Mad TV. Can I just be a little bit inside? I've never seen an episode of Mad TV, <laughs> ever. Uh, never, ever. I'm sure SNL, by the way, is furiously rewriting the show right up till broadcast tomorrow night. You said we weren't going to talk politics. So I I, no, I'm just saying like, uh -huh. no, but look, stuff is happening so fast. Like if, like there could be like aliens could make first contact uh, in the next week and I wouldn't be surprised. I just yep. feel like 
2020, man. It's 2020. Like, what the hell? What yeah. the hell? What the hell? Anyhow, uh, this is a wrestling podcast. What? what? Um, so on that note. <laughs> I've been uh, trying to get Glenn to do, just so y'all know, I've been trying to get Glenn to do a spinoff of nerdy whatever things for a while. He just, he hates me. He's really the reason I got fired. Glenn was <laughs> politicking against me. And so anyway. I, I was like, this guy's an unsafe worker. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, he's a liability. Raj, you got to do That's something right. about, exactly about this guy. Uh, no, we talked about doing some other stuff. When we talked about, oh, should we do a Patreon? Should we do like bonus mm-hmm. things? Like, I don't know. But part of it too, though, is that... um like doing it at a regular time. I like doing it live at the chat room. Part of me, and you'll see this if you follow me on Twitter, is sometimes I will just go down a rabbit hole based on what I'm watching, sure. what I find funny at the moment. Yep. And it's like, then if I could just go on the air or do a live stream, hey, like, let's talk about this. Like, that's kind of where my head's at a lot of the time. With There's it. an app for that. It's called Tout. You could you could tout. About I could it. I could tout. I mean, I guess I could live stream. I don't like bright. Oh, so let me tell you, like, let me give fans the inside baseball. So like, uh, you know, like said, if you hadn't been available, or I think the last time Matt missed one, Raj was like, "Hey, you want to do it alone and just give the results and talk?" <laughs> and I was like, "I do not." And could you imagine if I did this podcast alone? What that would be like? Like, you'll just oh see me saying things that, like, if you think I'm not funny now. Give me no one to play off of or read the reactions to it. And it, w- it would be a disaster. It would be like uh, worse than the episode of the Larry Sanders show when Hank gets to host the show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they end up not airing it because it's so bad and offensive, like what he does. It is pretty much impossible to keep you on the rails um, whenever it's just me. I've learned that. So I don't no, try. It's okay. I mean, we, we got our thing. I thought the news story tonight was important yeah. to talk no, about. I think it's, I think it was great. And I love doing like, just, I love doing deep dives. So I'm glad you guys are in the chat room team to enjoy it. Deep dives into like a specific topic like that. Cause it is, it's very complicated unions representation. How does all that stuff play out? How is it different for pro wrestling? Um, so no, it, it was good. Glenn, I'm, I'm happy to be back on the show. I'm glad Absolutely. you, you know, we had a fun night. I told Raj, she can come back for one night only. Uh, Just don't tell Matt. Don't tell Matt I was here. I feel like that's the, <laughs> no, I think it's good. But I also, I think, you know, like, Given everything that's going on right now, given SmackDown tonight, like this podcast tonight is for the hardcore fans. And I think that, you know, that's okay. I think we need to do that sometimes. Sure. We need to be able to get nerdy and just really talk about things and, uh, yeah, discuss like the stories that matter. So, hey, look, everyone, have a good weekend. I have no clue what's going on with the Sunday Takeover podcast. Am I doing it? Is Matt doing it? Is Raj doing it? Is Justin doing it? Maybe it'll just be like Sam Adonis. So maybe Sam Adonis and Michael Wiseman. Start that rumor. Uh, there you go. Let's get it started. How how was how he? Will he pot against me? I well, Matt Morgan. Uh, Do I get I'm, one of the weird nicknames yet? That's that's the that's the key, right? To get one of the Raj back. Uh, busy rhythm with the Glenn WO reference. Thank you, <laughs> Glenn WO. Okay, I got I got to publish this. Uh, have a good weekend, everyone. We'll see you back here Sunday for takeover coverage. Till then, take care. Stay safe. <laughs>